0: Wake and bake Wednesday commencing in three, two, one. (laughs) And I pulled the Empress. What a day! Welcome to Wednesday. I mean, come on, y'all. What the fuck? Isn't that
1: what we pulled last week, too? Do we pull the Empress?
0: Uh, Are we Empressing
1: remember. around I here? I think we're Empressing. Uh, Will we you hold this up a
0: little closer to your camera? I like her strawberry dress. Strawberry. 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 Isn't it funny strawberry. that my parents referenced Ross
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I know uh Well, I I forget. Your parents just lived in fucking London for like eight nine years of their life. They didn't get. It was accents.
0: really ten eleven years. They can't remember it. They, they Yeah, but yeah, they're old. Yeah. And once you're old, you're not like picking up stuff. I was but like learning were, how to speak. You know. I
2: bet your brother, even your age difference, didn't pick up as much of a oh, London accent. Oh, absolutely! It was me,
0: and I'm the only not. I'm the only mutable sign of my family. I was about family. to say you're mutable. Yeah. I was
1: literally about to say, but you're and you're a mutable sign. They're all fixed. <laughs> oh my god! And when you were saying to us the other day, you were like, you know. I got to be careful about who I'm in relationship with because I really like kind of merge with that energy. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes it makes me nervous because I <laughs> see you doing it and I really yeah. like it. But then I'm also like, I want to make sure that you are who you are. But I think who you are is someone who like likes to mutate. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um,
2: <laughs> can I give a shout out? It's, yeah. it's a little bit dark, but it could lead us to some lightness. Uh, Today's the 41st anniversary of when John Lennon was assassinated in New York City. Uh, I I honor him as like, I don't know, probably just one of the most important people in human history somehow. Yeah. You know, this guy wrote songs and he became one of the most important people in human history.
0: Absolutely. One of the most important artists and... Now we're coming to find out one of the most important collaborators, too, just from this amazing Beatles documentary that we've been watching, (laughs) just lavishing over. Um, Yeah, I mean, such a beautiful piece of film, first of all, just like the cinematography of it and the intimacy of it. I mean, you can't believe that you're just like right there with them.
1: One of our friends, uh, Joanna Warren, she's a musician, um, but she posted like, hey, is anyone having like integration issues from like thinking you were like, and Sean literally had said that to me too. He's the like, day before. it reminds me of like when we had seen avatar, how you were like kind of sad that you're not in that world. And you kind of like drive around thinking like, oh, I must be going to the studio, you know, because you get so intimately I I spent
2: three days, like literally the way we watched it, too. I was right up against the TV. I couldn't even see another (laughs) world. I was just against the TV like, oh, my God. And just taking it in and like, uh, yeah, I had this like slightly like like a hangover from it. Like, yeah. Oh, that already happened. Yeah. Like I wasn't there. I'm yeah. not part of this. I <laughs> I wanna live in that universe with those colors yeah. and those songs yeah. all the time. Yeah.
0: And those people. And yeah. Those people. No, it's incredibly inspiring. And especially like when working with a band now, like kind of yeah. for the first time and realizing how difficult it is to navigate between like artistic egos mm-hmm. and um, I think from one perspective, like they collaborate so well. And it's oh, like yeah. so efficient and easy. And then there's kind of like a rumbling of something else, a little bit more dissonance between them, and you can see that they they're kind of like becoming these inflame and visual artists, yeah. And those like the gravitational forces are almost like coming up against each other, mm-hmm. um, and it's all just like incredibly fascinating. I thought the Yoko, like all of the girlfriends, were fascinating too, and I hadn't really um, heard this on, in record form until you played it,
2: and I've we listened to thoroughly this enjoyed this. last night. This album is classic. It's it classic. gave me some
1: serious respect for Yoko too.
2: Her yeah. songs are great, and you know she's great. When when um, this came out 3 weeks before john was killed yeah and and john uh, he he gave an interview and he's like people don't understand why i do my albums with yoko and i fully expect them to to skip her songs it's just how people are uh, but listen to this fucking listen to her songs they're amazing
0: yeah i mean i think their love for each other is just like never endingly cute yeah. and yeah you know intoxicating and i mean that's so clear in that documentary that john is so invested in her and not so much in these other things because he's can he can be really deadpan and yeah um
1: it made me a little uncomfortable like kind of doing a deeper dive into their relationship and like how much of a mothering energy she was for him yeah and kind of seeing that mirrored in my relationship with sean and like i for a while for a couple (laughs) days i was like i just i just wanted to like yell at his face like i don't want to be your mother but then it's like you tell me this thing's like Yo, you, that's how you give love. You do it in a way that's mothering. Like, I can't be mad at him because of how I give love, you know, how how you want to give love. Right. Right.
2: Well, I mean, that's, that's the kind of love you kind of want to give to everyone. But with them, it was really interesting because, because John's mother died when he was so young. Yeah. He started calling Yoko mother. I mean, it's it's, it's creepy. (laughs) It's it's just like it's a it's a weird thing and it's it's their own thing. But like, yeah, he would he would refer to her as mother. Yeah. And, you know, he fully would say, like, she's in charge of my life. She she's the one I'm not even kidding you. Yoko is they they had the and and this is part of the movie and get back. uh, John comes in and he says, oh, I met this manager, Alan Klein. He was the Rolling Stones manager. And this guy was a swindler, just somehow got in John's head. And John yeah. convinced three of the members, everyone except Paul, to join up with Alan Klein. Wow. And he fucking just was the worst. He's, he's the biggest villain in Beatles history oh. for sure. Yoko's the one that fucking got them out of that shit. Oh, I love and it. And fucking got in there and negotiated. It wasn't lawyers. It wasn't Paul and John. It yeah. wasn't like the boys getting together in this. It wasn't fought in the in the public sphere or anything like that. Yeah. Yoko fucking did the negotiating. Yeah. She took care of business,
0: man. I love it. And not to go on some like feminist rant, but isn't it interesting that like all females like kind of innately have a bad reputation?
2: She's blamed for breaking up the greatest band of all time.
1: Mm. You know, Fuck. like it's... Which is a gift because then we got... Uh, all things, all must things must pass. pass. Yeah. <laughs> Paul McCartney and Wings, which a, a lot of his inc- most incredible songs come Definitely. from that project. I mean, they had done their work together. Absolutely, you know, yeah. it's I know. so clear. I'm-
0: well, and that, I think that documentary is really validating for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that they have done all this incredible work together, and then you see that they they need to do this individual work as artists. Yeah. And um, I think you see that Yoko adds. I think you see that the girlfriends a lot of times when you like do kind of add.
2: I, Yoko um, definitely did. Yeah, it, it made you know, John want to be there. Exactly. it made him feel at home. Yeah, you know and I mean? she
0: brought wild spirit. You know, like oh. she. You know, I think
2: when <laughs> they're doing those freak out noise jams and like <laughs> yeah. Paul's on drums, Yoko screaming, yeah. and and John playing guitar, yeah. I'm like, they're all our friends like she didn't break up this band yeah. it had nothing to do with that i mean they were headed towards that
0: well to think that it could it, like their their thing was so big and strong to to credit her for it. like she's very powerful but it's like come on like it obviously yeah. was bigger than that to break yeah. up you know what was this other relationship it's what? like
2: when shit libs blames susan sarandon for hillary losing like her, <laughs> <yeah>. do you <laughs> think susan sarandon is that powerful because she went on msnbc and said vote for bernie yeah
1: no yeah. totally Well, you were reading some of the interviews and you were telling me about how John had to like confront this idea that Yoko, after they've been together 10 years, is still pulling the wool over his eyes, Mm. you know, and that was the perception. And in some ways it's like, he was aware, he's like, I'm aware that she's an ambitious woman. Like I'm, I'm aware that she's wants to take half of my next album and collaborate with me, you know, but like, I think that's some of the fire that made him love her and appreciate her and, you know, her... Being trusting in her vision and having something to say and being opinionated. I yeah. mean, there's, that can help you in so many good ways, whether you agree with them, want to support them or someone who's opinionated, like, oh, that's a reference point or a contrast or something yeah. like having something to stand up or stand against or stand with or um,
2: well balance. It, it, By comparison, if you watch um, The Making of Imagine, there's a film out there. We, we watched that together. That's 40 great minutes. too. Yoko's very up in the like no that piano part doesn't sound good it needs to sound more like this take the bass down on that this is like all of a sudden she's like a fucking engineer and producer (laughs) which is fucking dope because two years earlier she just like just sitting there quietly reading beatles magazines (laughs) knitting like just like barely paying attention while these guys are like literally writing these songs in real time yeah which i also think is one of the coolest parts of that
1: of course yeah we should shout out specifically what we're saying we're talking about the movie the The movie movie. get back sorry yep get back
2: Um, on, uh, whatever Disney plus, you know, uh, you don't need Disney plus to do this. Everyone out there knows how to bootleg things these days. (laughs) We wanted to see it as it was coming out and the bootlegs weren't out. So we ordered Disney plus and already canceled it. Yeah.
0: uh, Yeah.
2: Incredible. Maybe one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Like my my favorite kind of films are rock docs, especially when they're, when they're verite style fly on the wall. Especially when they're from my favorite artist, artists of the 60s. <laughs> so, like, you know, before this, it would be like, uh, Don't Look Back About Bob Dylan, just fucking by D.A. Baker, one of the best of all time. Yeah. Uh, Give Me Shelter by D.A. Yeah. Pennybaker, about yeah. the Stones. Yeah. And now there's this.
0: Uh, yeah. And I, like I was saying, I don't think you need to be a Beatles fan to even enjoy it because no. I think it's just, if you love art and artists and what it is to make art, like, it's just never endingly. And, and
2: if you're not a Beatles fan, I would just say, like, who got to you? <laughs> like, wh- who got to you? What are you talking about? <laughs>
0: yeah, I was wondering if they actually created this documentary off of hearing a bunch of young kids say the Beatles suck because I feel like I hear it so much. Or who are the Beatles? Ge- yeah. The younger generation.
2: It's such the like cringe, cliche bullshit, like oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I love bacon, you know. The word <laughs> moist creeps me out. Like it's just the, the most like crazy. fucking basic, low level, <laughs> cringe, like normie take you could have. I don't like the Beatles. It's like, yeah. cool. Can you fucking get your contrarian ass away from me? <laughs> Have you listened to them? Are you kidding? Well, if you
1: and if you don't like the Beatles, um, the McCartney three, two, one, which uh, I don't know how we went so long without seeing that. When did
0: that, did, when did that saw, come out? Was it recent? During pandemic. Over okay. the summer. Oh, OK, yeah. so that is kind of a long
1: time for you
2: guys. That's especially. on Hulu. Um, and it's Paul McCartney sitting with Rick Rubin with the, the fucking soundboards of all the Beatles songs. And they can just. Here's what the bass sounds like here's the backing vocals here's some weird little part I didn't even remember we recorded. Yeah,
0: you don't ever get to do that with musicians Holy so it's incredibly shit. special And Paul has such a great memory, a shockingly good yeah. memory for a rock and roller um, and, and he
2: doesn't he didn't have to do that yeah and it's such a gift for it's like he knows like I made the best music anyone's ever heard like let's give some people in, in some insight into yeah. it. I don't think Bob Dylan would do that. Yeah. You know, well, you I, were I saying think,
0: you don't even think he's capable, and I think I don't know if I'd be capable. Like it's it's a. Like, the
2: reason he's not capable because if you go as deep on Bob as you as I have, we love him. Yeah, yeah, we're not, it's, uh, He's just
0: airy, right?
2: He doesn't think he wrote those songs, right? He doesn't feel an authority to even speak on them, right? Which I find. It's amazing beautiful. and beautiful yeah. in its own way you know what i mean and i yeah. kind of love that we would never see something like that about yeah. bob yeah
1: well he's got a little bit more of a mysterious sheen that's charming and yeah. we saw him very recently which was really special we, Have we not talked of about it? he didn't talk about it yet
2: we saw bob dylan live <laughs> <laughs> and, and first of all um fuck you to everyone that warned me my whole <laughs> life that don't don't see him don't yeah, he's yeah, no it'll it'll ruin it for you if you love Bob Dylan don't see him live no if you, if you love music see Bob Dylan live
1: I appreciated that because it made me go with a little expectation so like <laughs> his voice was like a little piercing in the first song because they hadn't done the mix right and I was like all right I'm just gonna
2: <sighs> I thought his voice was gonna be <clears throat> the second he started singing I was like his voice sounds like he sounds like the 70s he, the the mix in the place was a little fucked up the first it didn't you think he sounded it's old? A completely
0: different person. No, it doesn't sound old. There were parts in that performance specifically in uh, "I Contain Multitudes,"
2: mm. where
0: he sounded better than he's ever sounded. Oh. I mean, he was singing like he's never—he's never really been a singer. He talks into what he's doing, and he was actually letting air into the middle of his voice. And like there was mm. like these tones that I would never expect Bob to get into. And of course, it was like perfect poetry for the song "I Contain Multitudes." Uh-huh. Mm. And then he goes into like his real throat voice. No, because he used to really keep it. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not good at impressions like you are. But really, in the front yeah. of his face yeah and now it's down here you know he's like dropped it down yeah Um, but he obviously has a little bit now of a range where you can like more lean into that and then Mm -hmm. go into that and so i loved it i love like a full rich older voice that you can hear um everything that's gone into it absolutely no but my like yeah i loved his voice yeah. I did. Like, his like,
1: new songs are great too. And then yeah. also They're hearing great. like You Got to Serve Somebody like in a an whole unfamiliar different way. way and it's so different and I'm like, wow, like he really these songs are evolving with him like we yeah. were talking about and oh, I was yeah.
2: a, I was a uh, baptism of tears for five six <laughs> songs. I was just hoping neither one of you guys like like looked over at me, you know <laughs> what I mean, cuz I'm like just I was like I got to pull myself together emotionally so I can enjoy this, but like uh same thing happened when we went and saw The Stones. I, yeah. I don't know, it's something about like uh <clears throat> oh man, like just that feeling of like their whole journey and I can feel it and the second they start singing I'm like, Holy shit, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't maybe I just worship music but more that's- than most people. I don't I don't know. I just can't control myself emotionally. It's beautiful and and that's
1: why it like so mimics church is because you feel like so in the presence of something divine Mm -hmm. you know like the divine human experience the divine art of creation the divine art of a long art project of collaborating with musicians of people showing up to say like I love you and I want to hear what you have to say and how you sound and and I want to be transported and it is kind of like that's what at least we aspire to think church should be is something that transports you and something that connects you and i really felt that i was like whoa this is i miss live music so much and there's that element which i can talk endlessly about about how it it's a purifying like my mind is all over the place a lot of times when i'm at music shows you know going through it would sound like your anxiety but there is something that is like cleansing about it because i'm like Thinking a lot Which Mm. sounds horrible But It's a meditation It's like a meditation Of like a witnessing Of a bearing witness To these thoughts As they come up And flow away You know It's like Mm. Ooh And it's the music That helps that all happen Mm. Yeah
0: Yeah And uh, his song Key West, I really loved the concept of that song, which felt like, you know, you, you're like, why is Bob still doing this in his older years? You know, why would you be motivated to do this? And essentially, when you first start listening to the song, it sounds like an advertisement for Key West. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you know? I was, I was like, like, is Key West paying him? What the hell is this? <laughs> and then you really listen, you're like, well, actually, they'd probably pay him not to put this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's basically like an allegory, an ode to um, staying moving and the fact that um, if you slow down, you die, you mm-hmm. know? And I was just reading some Albert Einstein quote um, about, you know, when you stop learning, you die. And it felt all in the same vein, yeah. you know? And I think um, that's obviously the reason why he still tours and it gives him major life and yeah, love. and oh. He tours
1: more than anyone. Yeah. I mean,
0: he's yep. his tour schedules And obviously has found a band he loves playing with. And yeah.
2: Uh, Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And and I don't think this is everyone's bag. I'm not saying everybody go see Bob Dylan, but like uh, we needed to see him. Yeah, for sure. And uh Vile texted us the next day, like, were you guys there? That was <laughs> the best concert I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, we were just fucking amazing. And I think, you know, uh, it, what you're saying and, and like when when you show up in its church and it's just like, wow, you could feel his journey and everything. I think it's why. Um, and really, this is the only celebrity death like this. When I think about John Lennon dying, it's, it can make me cry. Mm. It makes me feel so sad. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of any other celebrity death that that really gets me. Kurt Cobain, yeah, it it gets me. But just the fact that John didn't want to die, like you know what I mean? Like someone fucking took his life from him. Yeah. Yeah. the The, the Kurt one gets me because I can I remember coming home from school and my mom's like Kurt Cobain killed himself. I can picture myself. I just went out to the basketball court and just shot until in the wee hours just crying and and thinking about it but john was killed before i was born yeah and this guy's his music has resonated with me so much that like his death affects me still when i think about it you know especially today yeah it's so sad yeah it's so sad yeah
1: man what a journey i kind of would have loved to be john lennon when he got shot and like where he like getting like ripped from this universe like Yeah. You know, like the crazy
2: Get to see. experience.
1: I, that's a weird thing to say that I would have loved that, but it's, I wouldn't.
2: Oh, well, we'd all love to die.
1: Yeah. There's something <laughs> very sacred about dying, no yeah. matter how you go out, and yeah. the transition from what was a very profound and productive life. I mean, the same thing happened to George.
0: So the yeah. same thing happened to Two Beatles.
2: Yeah. Yeah, someone someone broke into George house, George's house and almost killed him very close.
0: Yeah, yeah didn't didn't that. kill him because his wife saved his life by knocking out this the person that was stabbing him, but he was stabbed like forty times or something insane. And mm-hmm. uh where he was stabbed in his lungs, uh cancer grew and that's how he died. And I uh, <sighs> kinda just like attribute it to him lose like letting death you know, it's like loss of hope, you yeah. know, and what a in humanity and because he was such a spiritualist and so his a life was revolved around good karma and uh you know what I mean? And I think that, the literal knife, <laughs> mm. knife in the lung in the mm. place you breathe, you know, um, just really did him in, uh, emotionally. And that's how the cancer set in. And it's crazy to think about. And you want to think that like they, they lived as fast as they did because they were going to die young. And so they mm. like got all of this, you know, their in. art out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it also feels like you're cheated. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it's, the, I think that cheated feeling is like really hard to let go of. Oh, yeah. Th-
2: yeah. I feel like we, we were all cheated. Yeah. Uh, out of what would have inevitably been just the, the most, one of the most incredible recording careers of all time. That said, we always say like, George is our favorite Beatle. Cause like, you know, we, we love his solo stuff so much, but if, if you put a gun to my head of all four Beatles, John has the, uh, of all of his songs, I love the most percentage of them. Mm. Paul's probably the least he's yeah. just he's just put out so much stuff yeah. like, he's put out so much stuff that he's put out some of the worst music I've ever heard but I kind of love <laughs> it too you know what I mean Definitely. you would think it's takes, outtakes f- yeah. Yeah. some of the stuff he's put out yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah it's hard to compare George and John but yeah John yeah love John
1: Well, I have a newfound respect for Paul, where I'd be like, I think that Paul's now my favorite. Like, what he was able to do with the bass, and what that contributed to the band, and how he was like a band leader in so many ways, and how he, you know, they were they taught George what's so clear is like, you need if you start a song, you need to finish it. Yeah, you know, know. and I think that's like such important wisdom Mm -hmm. is like. Just finish your fucking song, and yeah. like then you can move on. And then I think that's um can be applied to a lot of things in life, you know.
2: And to bring it all back home, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, Bob's Bob Dylan says uh, Paul McCartney is the only living musician that he's in awe of, and then he and then he goes on to speak about why he's in awe of him. And it's like I've never heard Bob Dylan speak this positively about anything. So seek that out. It's out on the internet. It's just like a little two minute clip cool yeah
0: yeah and i mean i think the balance of their energies is something that comes roaring through that as like a necessary part of what music is is really the love and dynamic between people yeah and this dynamic of paul's like just endless well of hope and positivity versus john's more cynical nature Mm -hmm. and this brewing into like this beautiful more effervescent sound that was more dynamic and yeah
2: Mm. Yeah. Watching Paul just pull the song Get Back mm. right out of the air. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I've never seen anything like it. I don't even know if there could be a lot of footage of people pulling a song out of the air. Like, yeah. why would somebody have fucking 35 millimeter cameras right, rolling right. while they were trying to write a song? And he's fucking around and then he just finds it. Yeah. And that's their next single.
1: And they set it up like he's kind of talking to George. You know, because like George was being like, I want to write more songs or I want to be more involved. And he's like, get back to where you once belong. Meanwhile,
2: in an interview, John was like, every time he sang that song, he looked at Yoko, Yoko, you know. Oh,
1: "Oh, funny. He's
2: like, he's like, Paul will think I'm being paranoid, but I swear that song was about her. And he every time he sung the the hook, he looked at Yoko. Like, come on. But Interesting. Damn. Yeah. Lots of, I could do a whole Beetlejuice. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> you Beetle know, That's some Beetlejuice, baby. <laughs> cool. Well, we went way too long, but um there's no too long or too short. Whatever. Who gives a yeah,
1: fuck? fucking? Have the best Wednesday.
2: Listen to the Beatles. Listen to John today. Uh listen to Double Fantasy. Fucking incredible record. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.